Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mac, Jack, and Jim. This week in Sports Show, we are every Sunday live from 8, 10, 8 to 10 a.m. We're live on YouTube, Roku, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and a bunch of other platforms we'll be on later on today. I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host, Hall of Fame, boxing writer Jack Hirsch, and Dallas Cowboy defensive end legend, two-time Super Bowl champion, Jim Jeffcoat. So, guys... How you doing this morning? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're arguing already this morning. I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's you, you two against me. I mean, as far as drafting players and who's what. But uh, it was a lot of fun watching the draft. I mean, finally, at by the seventh round, I started to run out of steam at that point. I'm figuring, who are these guys? You hear the commentators say how wonderful they are, how much exactly. they have teams. Like they have why are they why are they being picked so late then if they're so good? Well, Jack, there's there's not only so many picks and so many players picked. I mean, you only got a shot. How many how many college football players do you think there is, Jack? That's I don't know, but even the 49ers end things by picking a quarterback. Imagine that the 49ers are Garoppolo and He's a good college quarterback, yeah. Brock Purdy. Yeah, you know something with that situation there with Jimmy Garoppolo and and Lance who hasn't really played yet. That's that true. Might, might not be a that might not be a bad idea. So the sports are kind of are at a high frenzy right now. The draft uh, just finished up. The NH and the NBA playoffs are getting into the second round. We're getting ready for the NHL playoffs. The the draft is on May tenth, and their brackets are already set. So guys. The first round, I would say, and this is my just my opinion as far as the draft goes, the first, second, and third round to me, because you're just three players, if you think about it, if everything runs normally, you only draft seven players. Yes. To make a, a 45-man team. So the first three rounds, I would think that you're thinking that these guys are going to start, that these guys have a, a chance to compete for the starting positions. They may come in right away. They may compete with a, a veteran that's there. And I think four through seven is where the money's made in the draft, right? Because these are the these are where your scouting departments, this is where you look at your scouting departments and you say, well, you know, what kind of scouting department do I have? Do I have a real good one, an average one, a below average one? Because really, as we were talking about before the draft, uh, before the show, that's only seven players. And if you can't, if you can't, if your scouting department can't get you seven players that can come in and contribute right away, I think if I was GM or owner, I'd have a problem with my scouting department. We're not even talking about unrestricted rookie uh, uh, free agents. We're just talking about seven picks amongst all the colleges in the country. And, you know, I know everybody has different perspectives. Different teams have different perspectives. They may now near the end maybe start drafting because of needs or or maybe because this player is really good at a Division II school and they, you think they have a shot at making the NFL. But to me, that's where the scouting departments really make their money because the, the big ones, the first three rounds, everybody pretty much knows what they can do. They've been on TV for the most part. We've watched them play. Uh, you know, the experts are all over them. So I feel, in my opinion, I don't know if you agree with this, Jim and Jack, or not, but if you can't get seven seven players that can come in and contribute right away, I think you have a problem in your in your scouting department. Well, I 
to a certain point, I do agree with you. But the problem is, is how is your team built? Because alike, most likely, all seven won't make the team. Some may be practice squad. Somebody may be on the other practice squad. But you want guys that compete for spots. That doesn't mean they're going to get spots. Because you have players there already. Hopefully you have some good players there. You really don't know how well you drafted for about three years. That's just the honest, my honest opinion. I think, too, Jim Mack, teams look at what they invest in a player. If you invest the first-round draft choice, let's say like the Giants did with Kadarius Tony, no matter how hard a time he gives you, you give him more slack. You don't cut him immediately. If Kadarius Tony had been a sixth or seventh-round draft choice and made the team, he would have gotten cut when he was giving them a hard time. But because they invested a number-one draft choice in him, they're going to kind of ride it out as long as they can, you know, with that particular player. I think if you look at percentages, and I don't have it in front of me, all first-round draft choices make the team. They're a lock. Second-round draft choices make it. Third-round draft choices make it virtually every time. Chances are fourth-round draft choices are going to make it. Now, when they get to the fifth round, maybe guys don't make the team if they don't perform in training camp. And sixth and seventh, it could go either way. But I think the early round selections, I don't think the GMs and coaches, the scouting department, they want to look bad. Could you imagine you draft a guy in the second round and then you cut him in training camp because he he's, looks awful? No matter how bad he looks, you're not going to cut him. Well, it's, it's possible. The reason why I said, Jim, all seven rounds, all seven players, is because of the salary cap. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they're letting go of a lot more players than they used to in exactly. football. And and you're losing probably 10 to 15 players every year easy because of the salary cap, because you're trying to make room to to either sign the draft picks or to get other players in or just because you have to to actually play. So this is why I'm saying different from when you played where you had, you know, you had some great players that are going to stay with the team almost their whole career it's not that way anymore. So I think the teams have a lot of pressure on all seven rounds to find people that could come in and start contributing on the starting squad right away. And I agree with that, but you have to look at it. If you're starting a seventh-round pick, and I'm, that's not a knock against them, the first game of the year, then you had issues. You're, hmm. You have issues. And I'm, I'm just being honest. First three rounds, yes, because that's what you do. Most of the time, that's where you're putting your effort into your scouting. Now, you said the fourth and seventh. I agree. If you can get your fourth and seventh and they turn out to be pretty good players, now you've had a great draft. Mac, you like to point out once in a while about Tom Brady being a six-round draft choice. I wouldn't give the New England scouting department a bonus, you know, saying, hey, well done. I'd say, terrible job. How did you let this guy escape till the sixth round, you know, and all the other teams? Uh, I I disagree with that, Jack, because Brady wasn't really a full-fledged starter at college. He came in, I think it was in maybe the last six games, played really well. But he wasn't a starter. starter. There was another, I forget the name of the quarterback in Michigan, who was the starter. Drew Henson. But, but right. let me tell you how the NFL has changed. It's all about upside today, not accomplishment. Like Trevon Walker going number one over Aiden Hutchinson, which I didn't like that move at all. I'll go on record not liking it. 
but they see one player's upside and they, they look more what he can be as opposed to what he actually is. I, I think I disagree with you on that, Jack. And I'm not saying that Walker or Aiden Hutchinson, but Aiden Hutchinson might have maxed out. He is might be – and he's really good. Yeah. But he's just probably as good as he's going to be. Walker, in three or four years, can get better. And that's what they're looking at. They're looking at the upside. Can this guy be a – because that guy, what, 275, runs a 4-5? I mean, he's – I mean, and he didn't start until his last year, they said. He was a rotation guy. So he has upside. So in the long term, I'm not going to say who's going to be because Aaron Donald was a guy that was always the same way. He probably – but some players max out in college. I don't think Walker maxed out. So that's what they're looking at. Well, we got Keith Angle uh, coming in here in a second, guys. But that doesn't count the unrestricted – free agencies, uh, mm-hmm. free agents. Now, a lot of people say, ah, you know, they're going to be on the practice squad, but there have been some unbelievable players that have come in as unrestricted free agents, rookie free agents that have not only made the team, but become hall of famers, Super Bowl yeah. champions. There, there's so much going on and they're scouted too. I mean, I always bring up Victor Cruz, but you know, he, Kurt Warner's the, another pretty good quarterback. And and the Pittsburgh Steeler um, linebacker, let me get to him real quick here, James Harrison was an unrestricted free agent and was a Super Bowl MVP. So there are still other players out there that they're going to have to give a chance to and take a look at. And the thing is, they get a lot less look than, the, the of course, the, the draft picks. So really interesting. So, guys, let's bring in Keith. Let's talk a little bit about the Patriots, as they do every year, trading down to get – 50 picks in the seventh round and see what his uh <laughs> and see what he's got to say about that. Let me see if I can find him here. Keith, I'm trying to find your banner and I just found it. So TGI Sports Talk host Keith Angle. Let's bring him on, talk a little bit of Patriots and maybe some Yankees if we got time. Gentlemen. Good morning, hey, Keith. Keith. I'm still recovering, Mac. Still recovering. <laughs> <laughs> Now, of course, you know, Bill Belichick has always done this. It shouldn't surprise us. We were thinking maybe he trades up, maybe he does something different this year, but he doesn't. Bill Belichick, of course. I mean, who am I to argue with a guy that's been in ten, almost 10 Super Bowls in 20 years, right? But he's getting up in years. I don't know if his dog helped him pick the, the, the drafts, <laughs> the draft picks, but – uh, he surprised everyone with his first round draft pick. A lot of people said he went, he, he drafted him too soon. I mean, I think who cares if it's 20, if it's 20 picks later or not, right? If you want the guy, go get him. And that's, yeah. that's my, that's, that's my thought on that. But again, he goes down and gets like three, four, uh, fourth round, six, fifth round picks. And that's how he fills his team keys. And I know you've been watching it and give us your thoughts on the Patriots draft this year. Well, you know, far be it for me to question Bill Belichick, but, you know, Cole Strange, I mean, I guess that's – we we it was a head-scratcher on Thursday night, but the head-scratchers got worse to me after that. I mean, the second pick of Thornton out of Baylor, uh, about, yeah, a, about 100 picks before anybody else had him rated, um, and where he had some other options there. 
is a bit of a head scratcher. So that's going to be an interesting uh, selection there. Um, Marcus Jones coming out of Houston is a nice player, but he's only 580. I don't know how much he's going to help you in the in the defensive backfield, but he's he's really quick and he's a good return specialist. And you know maybe that's what they're looking at there. Um, I, they, the fact that that they take uh, uh, Bailey Zapp at quarterback and he goes before Sam Howell, which is a bit of a surprise. Not that, mm-hmm. not that I thought the Patriots were going to take a quarterback in round four. To be honest with you, I thought they would take somebody to compete with uh, Jack's favorite quarterback. To hold well, that, that had to be a value pick. They had to be wow. really surprised he was there. And that I can't see the reason otherwise why they would draft the quarterback. But he did break a lot of records. Am I correct? Um, he did. He did. He did. And look at you know th- it, he goes to a lot of smaller sco- schools too. That's uh, yes, exactly uh, right. With Garoppolo, yeah. yeah, and even in this year's draft, you got guys from Chattanooga and South Dakota State and Western Kentucky and Northwest Missouri State. I mean, look at he had a lot of picks. I didn't hit one of them when I did my mock draft for the Patriots. I didn't have them getting one of these guys. Um, I, I, we won't know, obviously, for a year or two whether this is a good draft or a bad draft. And this draft might, you know, seal the Patriots' future for good or bad for quite a while and also might seal Bill Belichick's future in New England. Who knows? I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't think it's uh the players he drafted, I think it's just when he drafted them. I think most people feel he could have waited yeah. a little bit and picked someone else and still gotten the same guys for the most part. If if they just if they succeed, nobody's gonna remember when they got picked. So it really doesn't matter. It's if they fail, that's when it's gonna matter where they got drafted. Next thing, Bill Belichick's gonna be a pioneer. He's gonna find guys in Europe. He may <laughs> like the NBA. <laughs> He's found them everywhere else. Yeah. Now, now, Pickle says Ma- Malcolm Butler from West Alabama. Wasn't Butler from UConn? Uh, Malcolm Butler, that might be a – I'm not sure where – No, remember Mal- – no, Malcolm Butler, they re-signed him, remember? Right. Yeah. And that's what they're saying. I think he was from West Alabama. Okay. Is that right, Keith? I'm going to check that quick because I'm not really sure, but we'll find out really quick for you guys. There was another Malcolm Butler drafted. I'm somehow oh, loose on this draft. Yeah. To Western Alabama. Good call. West Alabama. Yeah. There you Good go. call. There, Don't yeah. question. Don't question. I missed Jeff. that one. I missed that um, one. So they also picked up a UConn offensive lineman, which is – he does yeah. a lot of dealing with UConn and, and area colleges too. Um, you know, I mean, there's two opposing views, as you're saying, Keith, right? Uh, it makes a team uh, compete. You're in a league right now, in a division right now, where <clears> Buffalo <throat> is probably still the class. Miami has uh, got some new weapons to play with. Um, the Jets, the draft the Jets had were awesome. I don't know if they're going to improve a lot this year, but they were awesome. We got a lot of starters. Great and, job, but yeah, and 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 you know, here's the Patriots still going down the bottom and, and getting their players. And so, so you got two trains of thought, right? Bill Belichick knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah, everybody else just shut up. You know, yeah. he's already proved he can do it. Or these guys are okay, and some point the Patriots maybe finish below five hundred or something like that in that tough division. Um, so, to me, those are the two opposing views you really have, Keith. If the Patriots really take a hit this year. And I mean, it's not the draft's fault because these guys aren't going to step in. I don't think. Maybe your first round pick is, for the most part, and just start playing and become starters. 
if they have a rough year this year, are they going to blame Belichick for the, with the draft? That doesn't make sense to me. No, not with the success he's had over 20 years. I mean, it's hard to do that, right? I mean, look, at Bill Belichick is going to do what he's going to do. He knows what he thinks is best. He's got guys that have looked at all these guys a lot more than we have, obviously. Um, and I don't think you're gonna, he's going to be in any danger. You know, I, I talk a lot about the, the Bob Kraft statements, but even with that, I don't think, you know, he's in a position where he can fire the greatest coach of all time at, at any point in time. Yeah. But he will take some of his power away, have maybe get a new scouting department. And, yeah, he would take some of his power away if New England doesn't have a good year. You know, it's interesting. The, the drafts have been a little shaky, uh, really going back to when Scott Polly left for, for, uh, for Kansas City is when things started to get a little rough draft-wise for the Patriots. So he's always had that help. It isn't like he's out there doing this all by himself, right? So, sure. You know, sure. back to this draft real quick, one thing that of interest to me was one of the things we thought he had to address was speed on, on, on the front seven because they were just getting thrashed with the run last year, and he drafted one guy. Uh, that plays, uh, you know, the front seven on defense, and that was an edge rusher out of uh, Northwest Northwest Missouri State. Yeah. So I'm shocked. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw the red in your face with the first pick, and I'm like, Keith is going to go off, and you did, and you composed yourself. And uh, I mean, it, I mean, being a Patriot fan with all the success you've had, it's easy to say, well, well listen, you you've dominated the East for years. Be happy with what you did, and and you know, maybe it's somebody else's turn. But when you're a fan, you don't want to hear that. No, you want, yeah, you want, having, I don't want anybody else to have a turn. You talk about, and nothing against you, Jack, but we talk about the Jets and we talk about the Giants. We talk about these certain teams. Why are they picking so high? Yeah. Because they haven't done well in the past. And they did have good drafts. That's not what I'm questioning. Well, the Jets have had awful drafts in the past. No, no, what I'm saying, this draft, this draft. Yeah. But that's the reason they're getting in these positions because when you got high picks, you should play, pick good players. There's no question about it. Lower, you have to do a lot more research on the players. Absolutely. And that's what Belichick had to do. And he might have saw something in Cole Strange. He might have saw something in these other guys that other people didn't because now you got to be more precise. Uh, you know, the, the thing with Belichick and these picks, it's not so much that he makes them. It's his explanations about why he makes them. Not that he needs to explain to anybody, but when he says uh, he was going to come off the board in the next couple picks. <laughs> but then he turned around the next statement and kind of said, we would have taken him probably at 21 as well. But if you thought he was going to go any time after you picked him, why did you trade back from 21 to 29 if you were worried about losing him? You know, think- you know. By the way, I think it's possible they traded back because I, they may have had their eye on Zeon Johnson. I don't know this for a fact out of Boston College. And when he went, I think, to 16 or 17, I think they may have decided now Strange was their guy and we will trade back a little bit. So yeah. I don't you have any, any verification on that. But Well, you know, you look at the rest of the teams being a Patriots fan and you see them taking these big names in the first round or second round, sometimes in the third. Yeah. And I guess it, you have to be frustrated in a way. Like, what are you doing? I mean, we could have had this guy or we could have had this guy. And, and you just let him go. So I think a Patriots fans do get very frustrated about, about the way Belichick does draft. But so, they forget, too. You know what? Once, when a lot of Super Bowls with guys you never heard of coming out of college. Exactly. Right? I mean, exactly. Don't forget that. I mean, for every Ty Law and Willie McGinnis, you know, there was – 
there was a, a, a lawyer Malloy and there was a, a, a Teddy Bruschi and a lot of guys that weren't big names coming out of college. Exactly. And some guy um, from Michigan. I can't even remember his name. Oh, gosh. I don't know. He played quarterback, didn't he? I yeah, think somewhere. He, yeah. yeah. Well, that um, fell into Belichick's lap in the sixth round. I mean, that, that's what we mentioned before. Now, sometimes a little move means a lot. Now, Buffalo needed a running back. They've needed a you know, to go along with Singletary the last couple of years. And Bryce Hall was there for him. I'm thankful the Jets moved up and later got him. But they didn't take him in the first round. But a little move like taking James Cook from Georgia later on, I mean, moves like that, I mean, that's where the scouting department comes in and they're, they're really smart. They show a certain patience that they can get a good, effective guy at the position later on. I was really sure uh, Bryce Hall was it, uh, the Jets were able to get Bryce Hall. They did a great yeah. job there. Yeah. Great job moving back up to get uh, uh, Johnson out of Florida State. Just a, yeah. a yeah. wonderful job by uh, Joe Douglas. Very, Two very, he didn't do a bad job last year. Yeah, right? I, yeah. Very organized, very organized, and together there in, in Jets right now. So let's turn to the Yankees really quick before we let you go. Right, they're on a big tear right now. Pitching's doing good. The hitting's coming together. Two things I'm very happy about that Cole finally looks like he got it together. Judges I started how he did last night, Mike. Yeah, he won. He won. <laughs> and uh, I think it was six scoreless innings with no run. He pitched yeah, great. So, so, I mean, it looks like that that he's found out what was wrong in the beginning and he's starting to starting to be the Derek Cole that we want him to be and Judges starting to hit the ball. But the whole Yankee pitching staff, uh, with the exception of maybe Thailand, uh, is pitching outstanding. Their bullpen is is aces. Uh, their offense and their defense have, has definitely improved, and their offense is starting to hit the ball now. Now, you know, uh, you know, I, I talked about this in the beginning of the year, and I said I think the Yankees can win the East because they've improved so much, and they made the playoffs last year. What do you think, Keith? Do you think do you think the Yankees keep building on this? I mean, their bench is even good this year. They had no bench at all last year. <laughs> this year they got choices. And if Boone is worth his weight in salt, he'll be able to make those choices or, or his coaches or whatever. And the Yankees should have a really, really good season. They, you know, they should. And I was hard on him with my picks early uh, before the season. And, you know, I'm not going to back away from that the things that need to happen for them to be successful have been happening you talked about them all now severino's pitch great he's going again today um if he needs to stay healthy if this yankee team is going to be successful right they need to keep um uh cole moving in the direction he needs to be the ace of the staff that they pay him to be not you know nestor love nestor but he can't be the ace of the staff right you're in trouble if he's your ace um and if I, by the way, Cole looks like he might have found a new personal catcher in uh, Trevino too. So that, that's an interesting uh, development as well. Um, but the only thing that still concerns me, some of the short outings, Italian's got to get going deeper into games. He hasn't pitched horrendously, but he's not going deep enough for sure. And uh, they got to be able to score runs when they don't hit home runs. Now this during this whole tear, they've been hitting home runs you know, on a pretty steady uh, uh, clip. And that's been their MO over the years. If they stop hitting home runs, they stop scoring runs. And that can't happen or they will kind of fade back. I, but I'm not going to take away from what they've done here. They've played very, very well. They've, they've done better in, in uh, 
you know, in situations, they leave a lot of runners on base, but they are doing a, but they get a lot of runners on base. So that's, you have to take that into consideration as well. Uh, but they've done better, you know, in, in game situations and doing the right thing rather than just swinging for the fences. So, well, if that continues, this team will do very well. And the fact that the Red Sox are struggling doesn't hurt either. So, yeah. I mean, last year I thought the Red Sox would be up there competing. I didn't say that this year because, you know, um, to me, uh, the Yankees improved so much, Tampa Bay, and everybody, you know, uh, uh, counted out, uh, well, sorry, the Blue Jays, everybody counted out the Rays, and I didn't count out the Rays. The Rays are, are a solid team, and they just know how to keep turning over that 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 roster and keep winning. They're, what they do there is unbelievable. I wish I wish that the, the Yankees could do that as well if they're not going to sign the biggest free agents. But I'm not going to take nothing away from the Yankees this year. I'm really happy with what they've done. So, you know, Keith, you know what's over Real quick, you know what gets overlooked is Kiner uh, uh, Falafa has played really good at defense yes. at shortstop. He's had some timely hits. And the move to, to get rid of Sanchez and, and bring in, you know, a better defensive catcher. And he's had some big hits, too. And he, he continues to do his thing. So those two positions, uh, to me, are solidified um, much better than they were last year. All I want my shortstop to do is to go out and catch the balls and, and you know, make the plays he's supposed to make. You know, it's going to be interesting if he keeps playing shortstop and hitting the way he is. Uh, the Yankees are going to have a problem with Volpe and uh, Peraza, you know, when they, when it comes time to bring him up, it's going to be a problem. Well, he can play all over the place, too, Falafa, too. So it's not, probably not going to be that big a deal. He'll probably become a super utility man. Well, they can't put him at second base, you know, because you're going to have Torres and LeMayo there. Okay. And that means Donaldson's time would be affected at third. Yeah, I think you'll see him moving around. And look, if they continue to play this way, the kids may not come up this year either. We don't know. So, Well, listen, again, it just gives them a bench. It gives them options. Yeah. It gives them matchups. It gives them defensive, uh, at the end of the game, defensive subs he can make. I mean, if like I said, if Boone is good, we're going to find out this year because he can't say he has no bench. He has a huge bench. And if they bring the kids up, the bench is just expanded to – you know, to, to something that is just incredible. You know, I remember the Yankees from the 70s. You know, I know that, of course, the 90s and early 2000s. But what made them so good wasn't just Reggie Jackson, Craig Nettles, you know, and 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 Ron Gidry. They had a bench of players that could start on any other team. You know, the, the Jay Johnstones and, you know, all these guys that played come off the bench and they would start hitting home runs and they would start making plays. That's yeah. what made the 70 Yankees so good. And it looks like they got that again which I'm pretty excited about, Keith. Yeah, absolutely. Every night those teams had a Roy White or a Lou Pinella or somebody on the bench for, you know, that would have been starting anywhere else. Yeah. So, so Keith, we'll let you go. Good luck with the Patriots. I hope everything works out for you guys. You know, I root for Bill because he was a, the Giants defensive coordinator and I kind of, I kind of, you know, I I have to kind of, you know, hope he does well. So I never uh, hear Jack say that, though. I don't know. He never tells me he's rooting for Belichick. I don't know why. He must hold something against that stinny head engine. That <laughs> long stint. I said, uh, Jets. You know what? I'm going to want to go over one show with Jim one time. Who are the biggest cheap shot artists in the NFL and which coaches were the most disliked by the players? Yeah, that'll be, that'll be, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. What I'll do is I'll. I'll set you and Jim out, out, up. I'll stay off, and I'll just produce it, and you guys can talk about that for an hour. Or <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, before, anyway, 
let me give a quick shout out to Jack because I don't always do that, but he he said Friday night or uh, Thursday night when we got done that Willis wouldn't go in the second round, and I thought he was nuts. Great, great call there, Jack. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you, all these quarterbacks who had to wait wound up in good spots. They did. They did. That's the crazy yeah. part about it. They might even Sam Howell, who went in the fifth round yesterday to Washington, it had to be brutal to wait. But he's one Carson Wentz slip up away from. I know they got Tyler Henneke and all, but he he might be you know getting his opportunity sooner than people think. Absolutely. All right, Keith, we'll let you go. Go get to your show. And up next, folks, is Sportscope host Robert Butler, Keith with TGI Sports Talk. Check out the show. Great show. He's a great great broadcaster, great guest, and great topics. Keith, have a great one. Have a great have Sunday. A great guys. Sunday, Keith. Take care, Keith. I think I used great like 20 times in one sentence there. That was interesting. Um, up backstage right now is Robert Butler. He comes in with all the hot takes. And I'm going to tell you, Jim, you weren't there for our draft show, the whole thing. Yeah. So Robert comes in a little late because he has, you know, he, he works during part of the show. And he comes in and right away, before anybody knew anything, A.J. Brown's going to the Eagles. And we're like, what? You know? So he was all over it. And, and Robert Butler is our version. He, he, he's the, this show's version of Adam Schefter. For us. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, he had the Twitter feed. He told me. Right. Yes, yes, and he just he's all got over. the inside info. He gets in that sports watch van and he's just on it. I think he's got a lot of radars and stuff up on top of there. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's bring up Robert Sportscope host. <laughs> I'm yeah, coming. I'm I'm, I'm Adam Scheffner with strong opinions, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. I'm coming exactly, in hot, Robert. So, yes, that's what he said. I'm coming in hot. He's in a good mood. You know, his Tennessee Titans have Malik Willis there, may possibly ready to step in in a couple of years. Well, yeah, fell to him in the third round. I mean, anything after the first round, quarterback wise, I think is 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 a win win situation, guys. Yep. No pressure. You know, little pressures, always some, but I mean, not like taking somebody number one overall, you know, yeah. third round. I agree, man. I, a lot of these quarterbacks that are taking the lower rounds come in and they, they can be loose because they're not supposed to be starting. Right. So they can yeah. go in there and compete, be loose. Or like you're saying, the first rounders going up against a vet or trying to make their way, maybe a little tight. So Robert, let, let's get to the yeah. draft itself, right? You got probably three teams that had outstanding. I mean, Better than outstanding drafts out there. What are your What are your thoughts on the on on the three best drafts by NFL teams this year? Well, like we were talking about Thursday night, guys. I thought the Jets, Jermaine Johnson. We had a discussion. Why did he fall to the twenties? We were talking about character issues. He was the team captain. I found out over the weekend. So I don't understand that. Uh, the Jets, Ahmad Gardner. He was discussed way before the draft as one of the best players in the draft, way before workouts. You know how sometimes players, they they rise up, Jim, uh, mm -hmm. during during the combine. They they rise up during their pro days. He was already there. Uh, Nick Saban in, in Alabama, they said, we're staying away from this guy in, in, the, in the bowl game. And they did. He didn't allow a mm -hmm. touchdown. So I love the Jets. I love what the Jets did. Uh, I think these guys are going to be immediate impact players. Garrett Wilson. I thought he was probably going to be the best receiver. Uh, mm. Best 40 time for a guy with his route running ability. With his route running ability. I know the guy with the best 40 time. I think he went to like New England. Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's from Baylor, Jim. 
Yes. <laughs> you probably know all of that area. Yeah. But I really like what the Jets did. Just in the first round, other teams, Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore. Uh, Hamilton, the safety. Another guy talked about way before the draft. Supposed to be a top 10 pick. Baltimore, they're patient. Falls to them at 14. They needed safety. And then they – Tyler uh, Lindenbaum, too. Lindenbaum. Yeah, I was yeah. going to get to that. Hollywood Brown requests a trade, and then, boom, they get the best center in the draft. This is another guy been talked about in the regular season. Who talks about a center in the regular season mm -hmm. uh, than a guy like Lindenbaum? So I love what Baltimore did. I love what the Jets did and, and tell Pags. I love what the Philadelphia Eagles done. Jordan Davis falls to him. Listen to this. Nicobe Dean, there's there's issues with his air quote medical history. You know how many games this guy missed in college? Zero. He didn't miss any games in college. So yeah, but he does game. have something with his shoulder. He has yeah. a tear in his uh shoulder. A torn labrum. I mean, all kinds of yeah. stuff, Jim. Is, are right. they scared, Jim, long-term with an injury like that? Are the teams get influenced not to draft a player because – Well, what they're concerned is, is yeah. tackling because you have to – and if he reaches the wrong way, if it's torn, he'll fully tear it. Yeah, I just don't know how he made it um, through all those games. I mean, SEC is so physical playing yeah. against – well, from what, from what, I read, what I read this morning, Robert, he has a torn pectoral muscle. Yeah, peck, uh, yeah. His chest, and he still won the Buckus Award. He still won all these awards. He's a little small. I mean, that's 5'11", but 238 ain't small, small. I mean, that's that's a outside linebacker slash safety. And I think the Eagles will move him around, right? He could be their, he can be their third down linebacker who could probably cover, can blitz. And, you know, I mean, in the beginning until he puts on some weight, which he will, you know, working out. And 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 the only thing they're worried about is get maybe possibly getting an operation. That's what I that's what I saw or heard. And and that's why they were a little worried about going up there and getting Dean. If he gets hurt, the operation yeah. may miss the whole year. So but, yeah, I mean, the draft, the Eagles, the Jets, the Panthers. Yeah, had, Eagles had a good draft, guys. Ooh. I thought they did well. Uh, yeah. And just the way they handled their offseason. Uh, and also getting A.J. Brown. I mean, you know, Eagles, yeah. I wanted to ask you that question on A.J. Brown. He had some injuries last year, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he missed a few games. Mm -hmm. But he, he was – man, they were 11-2 and two with this guy, 1-3 and three without him, losses mm -hmm. to the Jets in Houston. Uh, yeah. I don't know how big a deal that's going to – we're going to find out. We're going to see how, how much these uh, – uh, the Arkansas guy uh, – how much what's Robert Woods looking like? You know, yeah. Traylon Burks, I think, is his name. Yeah, it's Traylon Burks. He's big though. He's 6'2, 225. He's got a frame, don't he, Jim? Yeah. He's a big <laughs> man for a receiver. Well, I mean, I mean, listen, the Titans, as as was just mentioned, they also got their the quarterback. And yeah. with all the problems Tannehill had, is it an open competition when he gets there, Robert? Or are they gonna bring him along? A That's slow? a good transition, ain't it, Mac? Yeah. Um uh, well, I'll tell you, I think they had, they meaning uh, Mike Brable, John Robinson, general manager, they had a come to Jesus moment with, with the Brian Tannehill. And they probably figured that we probably got as far as we can with this guy. And quite mm -hmm. frankly, for a seventh round pick, that was a pretty good investment. You know, Tannehill's done good things, but he's 34. 
Uh, he, he has a tendency to turn the ball over a lot. They're 0-2 in their last two playoff games. He's played terrible. I mean, there's just no way. to. He played bad against Baltimore last year, and they lost at home. He had three interceptions uh, or the year before last. Last year, he had three interceptions against Cincinnati. They lost again at home. Uh, so I do think if, if Malik Willis has a good camp. Now, remember, we talked about this during draft night. Russell Wilson beat out a third-round pick also. He beat out Matt Flynn for Seattle as a rookie. Uh, but if they let him sit, I'm okay with that. I kind of thought Malik Willis was a little raw coming in. He had a bad year last year. Uh, he His interceptions doubled from his uh, previous year at, at Liberty. So he's got some film work to do, and and, and uh, I wouldn't rush him in there. But if he wins, he wins. Best man wins. I think it's wide open competition. Guys. I don't think so at all. I No way Malik Willis – plays, starts, even if he has a great camp. I mean, this isn't a blue-chip prospect. This isn't like last year with all the quarterbacks that were taken at the top of the draft. I mean, Ryan Tannenhill is in solid as the starter. He's really got to be awful, Ryan Tannenhill, to lose this job. He's just got to be dreadful. Uh, otherwise, Malik Willis is going to sit for the year. Go ahead, guys. Y'all don't. <laughs> I, I listen. At least. Right, right. Listen, listen. I, I, I happen to agree with Jack. I think Tannehill is your starter. I don't, I don't think you're going to throw uh, Malik Williams in there. Um, you know, just take a chance on this guy from Liberty who had a bad year last year. Good year the year before. Bad year yep. last year. Um, you know, it, it, to me, there's a lot of quarterbacks that were taken in drafts previously that had great arm. They call it arm strength or arm whatever. And a lot of them didn't make it. And uh, you, there's a lot more to throwing the, you know, being a quarterback than being able to throw the ball on the line 60 yards or downfield 80 yards. You've got to read defenses. You got to know who to go to. You got to have some touch on it. There's so much involved in being a great quarterback or a franchise quarterback or even a real good quarterback. Um, yeah. You know, we don't know what Malik will, Williams will do, or he wouldn't have fell that far. If people yeah. thought he was, he was the yeah. next whatever, he would have been taken in the first few rounds. And I saw his face when he finally got picked. He was very upset. I don't know why he was drafted. Um, maybe because of all the hype, you know, they're going to take him in the first round. I don't know what yeah. the hell people are looking at. But um, I think, guys, he's a better story than he is a prospect. Hmm. Uh, there was a lot of talk about him uh, helping a homeless guy out of at the. It was at the combine. Do you hear about that, Jim? Yes. And. Yes. So he he's supposedly a, a character guy, man of faith, and all that. He'll fit in great here in Nashville. We got churches on every corner. So <laughs> churches and hot chicken. Let, let me tell you. Let me tell yeah, you. A lot of heartburn, Jim. <laughs> the one quarterback outside of Kenny Pickett who might have a legitimate chance of starting and playing would be Desmond Ritter. Because Marcus Mariota is the starter for the Falcons, and that's a shaky proposition as a starter. So if Mariota struggles at all, I could see you know him being benched early in the season. Oh yeah, I, I've got five years of experience with Mariota. I mean, he he's he's up and down, up and down. that's the story of his career. He's not a starting quarterback, in my opinion, in this league. Uh, he's a good bridge guy, not even a bridge, probably a backup. He, he's very athletic. Uh, he can make some reads, but he's not a starting quarterback in this league. I in agree. My and I think, I think, <laughs> I, I think is, I think is what his name, Collar, that, that the Panthers picked up. 
I think he has a good shot at, at, at going after Sam Donald and competing for that first first round, uh, I mean, for the starting quarterback job. So let's talk about the Panthers and Baker Mayfield, right? The Panthers yeah. were very interested in Baker Mayfield. They wanted mm-hmm. to get and and they just couldn't come to a price, uh, you know, with the They weren't going to pay his whole salary. Yeah. Right. I think they even tried to go as far as half, Jim. I think they did. They got yeah. close. And wow. and 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 uh, the uh, the Cleveland Browns said no, so that's when they went around run ahead right after that and drafted mm-hmm. their quarterback. But I don't. So now, what happens with Baker Mayfield if he stays with the Browns, which isn't a bad option? I mean, if something happens, you know, to 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 start. They got Jacoby Brissett already. The Browns got. I, I I think Baker Mayfield is better than Jacoby Brissett. But beside the point. I think if something happens to Watson, whether it's an injury or something develops in the and the legal thing he's going on where he's got to take time off, you got Baker Mayfield, but 18 million is a yeah. lot for a backup quarterback. And yeah. Baker feels pretty disrespected right now. Yeah. And you don't yeah. even know. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna yeah. say, guys, about Baker, uh, there's more to that. Uh Deshaun Watson's guaranteed money. Apparently, that has irked off a lot of owners around the league, and the sentiment is, including uh, the Baltimore Ravens owner said something publicly about it. Uh, if they can afford all that guaranteed money to Watson, they can afford uh, the eighteen million to Baker Mayfield. If I, if Mac, if that's true, I would have took that deal with Carolina. I feel like that he's probably going to get cut, and they're they're going to just have to eat exactly. the dead money. Yep. Exactly. That's what I think, too. Well, Baker Mayfield perceives him himself as being a starter, and he won't go any, he won't want to go anywhere as a backup if there's a solid number one ahead of him. He has to go to a situation where the quarterback ahead of him kind of would be a little bit on shaky ground, such as, like we said a moment ago with Marriott on the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. I don't see where Baker Mayfield goes. I mean, I don't see a fit anywhere. Do you guys see a fit for him? I see fits for him. Seattle yeah. is a possibility. Yeah. Um, what we just mentioned really about Tennessee. You got to remember, I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan, yeah. but the kid did get them to the playoffs. He was one play from getting them to the championship game. And we forget that. But there's some issues that happen in the locker room. I don't know what type of locker room Cleveland has, but there were obviously issues in the locker room. But the kid has talent. I there's some pers- there's some personality issues with him. He's calling out the training staff a year ago. I don't know if you remember that, Jim. Uh, mm-hmm. He had an issue with one of the running backs. He said something about one of the running backs that got traded and and the other players. Oh yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're right. He's he's a mouthy guy. He's he's uh, a bit of a punk, for lack of a better word. That's yeah. kind of the sentiment that's going around. But you're right. Yes. And that's no, the vibe I'm getting, guy. guys. And guys, no one is notice no one's speaking out in his behalf on you know any of the Cleveland Bingo. players. You don't hear saying, "Oh, and that's, that concerns me." Not one player backed them up. Yeah, not that's that's player. that's there's something to be said about but, that. But like I said, he did help them get to yeah. uh, farther than they have in the previous years. So yes, I agree with that. And that that play that that we're talking about is because the guy extended the ball at the pylon for a touchdown, yeah. and it popped out of his hand, and they ruled mm-hmm. it a touchback, the worst rule in football right yep, now. Yep. That was a touchdown, and the Chiefs were eliminated. That was that was 
that was Cleveland's shot, and that stupid rule took it away from him. So if I was a Browns fan, I'd be more mad at the NFL than anything else. Um, he was over – I think he was overdrafted. He needs to be humbled a little bit, and, and NFL humble you. <laughs> if you look at Baker's background, he's always had issues. When he went to Texas Tech, he got beat out by Mahomes, and we know about Patrick. Yeah. But then he goes to Oklahoma, and he has success there. He's one of those type of guys that always feels he's the underdog or the yeah. second thought, third thought, and that's just yeah. his personality because he's had – he was a walk on it. Texas Tech. Yeah. He's overachiever, but it's like yeah. you can't lose the chip. Exactly. And exactly. kind of grow up a little bit. And Exactly. And I agree with you 100%, Robert. Yeah. So we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll give Baker a call let him know where he stands. Let's turn to basketball real quick. Uh, yeah. Big things happen, right? I mean, you have probably the MVP in basketball on the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm -hmm. Orbital injury to his eye, um, concussion. He may not play for the series. They're hoping he can come back. They're not talking about surgery, so yeah, I think they're, yeah. they're holding off. And, you know, can the 76ers beat Miami Heat without Embiid? Uh, well, they're 3-8 and eight in the regular season without Embiid. Uh, and Jimmy Butler's coming back. And uh, Miami's got home court advantage. But the games aren't played on paper. Uh, they are a pretty deep team. They've got James Harden. They've got Tobias. Harris has got a step. Everybody's Maxi, all the which he has played. He's broke out this year. Maxi has. So, uh, you know, the, the, we'll see how it plays out. My my guess is they won't. But I do not think it's going to be four blowouts. And of course, Carlos is saying they're done. The sky's always falling with Carlos. Yes, yeah, he don't like any team local anyway. <laughs> I think Jim picked the Dallas Mavericks to go to the finals in the West, if I'm not mistaken. You are mistaken. Uh -huh. <laughs> Jack Jeff will say anything to get a response. <laughs> no, but they'll play. It'll be a competitive series, but they haven't beat the. Um, Suns this year. Oh wow! The Suns that beat them. Uh, they're zero and three against the Suns. Yeah. So so back to MB for a second. They'll have I think it's DeAndre Walker. I think is going to be starting in his place. He does a pretty good uh, a good job guarding, but he hasn't been in playing for a long time. And I I agree with you. I think the 76ers even have a chance. MB's going to have to be able to come back at the end of the uh, series. And they're going to have to be able to stay with them, and they're going to have to count on the other players. We've seen it happen before, Robert, where uh, uh, the star goes down, and the other players, for some reason, the team wins. So I'm not counting them out, but man, their chances are are really slim to beat the Heat. So mm -hmm. um, interesting over there. And we also got you know just our weekly Kyrie Irving news. And I told Jack yesterday, I'm tired of talking about Kyrie Irving and all his problems. But he came out and he said he pointed the fingers at the media saying the reason why he has such a bad rap is because the media puts them in that type of perception. And I've never met a guy or talked to or listened to a guy or read about a guy that's so out of touch with what's going on around him. It just blows my mind that he's even, you know, never mind on an NBA team that 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 he's even significant at all. That that is true. I mean, uh... Other than that one run with 
uh, Cleveland where he makes the big shot at the end in 2016. They win the championship. Look at what the Cavaliers did before LeBron got there with Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie's a great score, but that is just about it, man. Guys, he's going to be 30 years old this year. Yeah. And doesn't play a lick of defense. Everybody else is the problem. Doesn't take the coaching. This is stuff he says, guys. This is not my opinion. This is his opinion. He says, we don't need coaching. We don't even need a league. We can start our own league. Uh, and, and I'm not even talking about the vaccine because, I, I mean, I, I'm okay with his stance on the vaccine stuff. But And then the James Harden thing saying, you know, it's frustrated with his situation. Uh, but he never looks in the mirror and takes any accountability for anything. For once, I'd like to see Kyrie Irving say, you know what? I really didn't play really well defensively. Yeah. I did quit on Boston. I'm yeah. like, we can go on here for the rest of the show. We'll talk about Kyrie. I know. I mean, I mean, that's the only thing. I mean, that's the only thing I'm saying, right? If you had a bad, a bad series, and against uh, the, honestly, honestly, yeah. he had a bad series. He had one game where he scored a lot of points, but at the end of each game, it looked like he gave up and he. He wasn't going for rebounds. He wasn't hustling. People were stealing the ball for him. He was taking crazy shots. Just say, hey, I had a bad series. It's my fault. I accept responsibility. I think people respect him a lot more. Own it. At least own something. He don't own anything. Yeah. <laughs> I have to agree. No, I, I, not, I, what's I, different between him and Mayfield? Yeah, there you well, go. Yeah, Kyrie Irving's much better at what he does than what <laughs> he's much, Yeah, he's actually not even close. Come on, Jim. Uh, I have my master deal in place. The LA Clippers can't be too happy with KY Leonard at all. Yeah, him and Kyrie, an even up swap of stars. I mean, that would be good for both franchises. It wouldn't hurt either franchise. I bet you, uh, both of them have no trade contracts. Yeah. Well, I know Kyrie's. I, I'm not last. sure that I don't think Kyrie has one. I don't I think, think he's. he's I think he's in his last year of his contract too, which makes he has a player hard. option, guys. Yep. Yep. He does. Well, I, I'm sure Kawhi does. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. There's think, another think, one that bothers me. Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah. I would and take an injury to Kawhi over of a Kyrie. But, but that I don't know. Is you don't know if he's going to play. He is that is true. Here. But Kyrie's underpinned. You don't know what side of the bed yeah. Kyrie's going to wake up on. He's, he's yeah. sitting in the owner's box watching games. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, Jim, how would you have felt if one of your star <laughs> players, when you're playing for the Cowboys and the game is going on and he's watching the game up at Jerry Jones's box? And That's what I'm saying, yeah. Head. You're right. I would kind of bother the guys. Yeah, would, the yeah. We're out here working and this guy's sitting yeah, up It's there. on the box, having his popcorn, you know, laughing, yeah. yucking it up. They wouldn't just have popcorn up in there. No, that's for sure. Oh, no. it'd be, could, could, it'd could you imagine? Could you imagine? Could you imagine two tall Jones doing that? And all of a sudden, he rings down to the field and he he says to he says to Jim, "Hey Jim, your inside move is terrible. You got to you got to." Jim would be like, "Just just shut up and come down here." And, yeah. yeah. Could you imagine Paul Boy coming from Jim from too tall? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a different culture in NFL. That that's that's yeah, why the NFL is what it is, and yeah. Major League Baseball and, and NBA is 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 where they are. If you ask me, yeah. you're right. Very true. Very yeah. true. Robert, thank you for coming in and giving us a great spot as you always do. Always prepared. Always ready to rock. Always has the latest news coming in hot in his sports sports watch van. And I think, <laughs> folks, I'm not sure. I think he's going to put a magnet on there for the sports scope. And I heard he's getting a satellite dish put on top of his yeah. van. 
Yes, so he can really. It's it's on Lilway right now. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford to buy. I didn't get that Jim Jeffco money. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so, so way, guys. Robert, go to church and cleanse your soul after being oh, with us. Man. And, uh, <laughs> we, we love having you. Have a great day, Robert. Everybody check out Sports Scope all over social media. Just look at Have up. a good show, guys. All right. Good Have a good day, Robert. So there you go, folks. Robert Butler with Sports Scope. Always enjoyable having him. I mean, check out his show. This guy goes through every darn uh, scrap of material. And he's all over the big names and big stories. So I, I love watching him. He's on Roku with us. And he also has his own site. So we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back after these messages. Hopefully the Philly sports guy doesn't have too bad of a hangover. And he'll join us today. If you've been watching the draft, he's all over the place. He's bothering everyone like he normally does. Trying to get in front of that camera. Trying to get that shine. And he doesn't. Yeah, he really did bad. too. Quite he a bit. Too. Oh my God. He was all. So, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy, but your aching head and stomach hear this message from Old Speedy. Alka-Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. Oh, speedy bubbles, relieve your upset stomach and headache fast. For acid indigestion alone, Alka-Seltzer gold. Oh, what a relief it is. What a relief. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. about our new friend. I wonder if there's been anything going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma? This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting the stew and telling me what you think? Mm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. 
When the job is done, this guy will be ready to dig into something mighty good to eat. Now how do you handle a hungry man, the manhandler? One of the manhandlers is Campbell's Vegetable Beef. Gets a man-sized supper off to a good hot start. Mmm, good. The main handlers. If you're talking, they will hear you. Every single time. Oh, we're getting killed. Yeah, well, Kyle's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle's mother kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's the first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt, that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, Bill. But they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. How you doing today on our Sunday Jim Mac and well, I should say Mac. Yeah, put me last. Jim, Jack, and Mac. This week in sports, uh, we're here Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m. Uh, every Sunday until football season starts. Then we'll be back to the football show. Uh, we're live on YouTube, we're live on Twitter, Twitch, Roku. We're all over the place, folks. And uh, we got our, our guest. I didn't know if he would make it in again today because he's been just going crazy out there in Vegas. And if I was in Vegas, I don't know if I'd make the show, to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, Pags is... Our, our Philly sports guy Jamie Pags, he's been he's been hustling around uh, drafts for years. Of course, he's got his big TikTok brand where he's uh, all over the place on social media, Instagram, and such. And he's also part of the Northeast Streaming Sports uh, family, where he's out live on YouTube and Facebook with us too. There's a lot of work for us on the side. So let's bring up my friend and one of the best, uh, really one of the best analysts that I know. As far as uh, as far as uh, sports go, and that's all sports, folks. I mean, he can do he can do it all from the uh, basketball to football to uh, anything. And I'm trying to find his his uh, his banner here. I'll find it in a minute. But let's bring up Pags and see what's going on. Morning, guys. How are you? Morning, Pags. Morning, Pags. How you doing? Congratulations, Pax. Uh, but, Mac, Pax's hangover wasn't Las Vegas. His hangover was the Phillies getting no hit by five Met pitchers. That's yes. what caused this hangover. No. So, so yeah, first, but they lost last night, though, right? So all that after five no enough, and they didn't score for seven innings, they wound up beating the Mets. So 
Right. I love I loved you, Jack. I love how you like to try to jab me right away, but that's all right. I got I got answers for you. I got answers <laughs> yeah, for you. The today. Yankees have the best record in all of baseball. Dude, you can you can hit me with them jabs, but I'm gonna hit you with the right cross. You know, you know, Pat, <laughs> you know Pat, here's here's Jack bragging about the Yankees having the best record he predicted to finish under five hundred for the year. So so much for his bragging. Uh Pax, let's get to the good news first. The Eagles. One of the best drafts they've had in years. One of the best this year. I mean, you got to be almost coming out of your seat at all the positions, all the players that they picked up that can make instant impacts. Of uh, starting, you know, starting from your first draft pick all the way through. I was looking at all your draft picks this morning, and you guys just hit a home run. You know, when when you hear about talk about who wins the draft and who loses the draft and things of that nature, I mean, I heard the Jets and the Eagles, and you know, as I'm sitting here and I'm I'm thinking about it now that I'm back home and trying to you know just take it all in and now try to process it all. We're not going to know who won this draft. In th- until like three years from now. So I, I love the fact that right now everybody is really gung-ho. But, of course, it's a show-me-right-now you know, type of league and fan base. And if Davis doesn't pan out for whatever reason, or if things just don't seem to work, like if uh, – I, I mean, I, I heard that he's got like the shoulder tear or something like that with – you know, if that doesn't pan out, this draft could be a bust. And with as great as expectations as there would be, it wouldn't matter. So you have to still, we can be excited, but we have to temper it some because you just don't know. And I, I've seen draft picks from the Eagles be listed as great. Oh, they had an amazing draft, this and that. And a few years later, they're like, well, why did we bother drafting this guy? We could have had this guy. We could have had this guy. We could have had this guy. And I'm as excited as I am. I want to temper it some. Let's get on the field. I'm very excited for this season to begin. Uh, I want to see what these guys can do. And I want to, you know, I think that in a realistic sense, the Eagles have bettered themselves so much that they are probably now the team to beat in the NFC East. And that's saying a lot because Dallas had a three wins more than us last year. So it's, it, there's a lot, but you have to, you have to take it in stride a little bit. Uh, you know, it's, it's great when you hear all these picks and then you can go nuts and say, Hey, we're going to the Super Bowl." But realistically, there's still things that we have to put together. And then these guys have to be cohesive together and the ego's got to match, and everything's got to roll in the right way to be able to, to put it all together. And we're not going to find that out until they get on the field and start playing with each other. I'm glad you think that way, Pax, because it's not true. It's not true. The Eagles are the Eagles. They're going to be the same place they were last year. They didn't beat anybody with a winning record. And so, and there you have it, and there you have it. And so, uh, I'm this year. So I'm I mean, glad you said that. Mac, make sure you recorded that. Yes, I got it. I got it. But, you know, I think Jim would agree that you guys have, have really uh, bettered yourself as far as personnel goes. Of course, on paper, yeah. you don't win the game. Everybody knows The biggest that. thing was getting A.J. Brown. 
Yeah. Right. I, 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 I agree. That's I agree bigger than the draft. And, 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 and with all those players you picked, and to be honest uh, with Jim, I don't think Dallas Cowboys really improved their team a lot during the draft. They've maybe picked up some some players that can contribute. But there was really there was really nothing the Cowboys did, like a Micah Parsons or, 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 or something like that, that you could sit back and say, and not saying it won't work out, not saying that one of those drafts become an unbelievable player, but just on face value. You look at where the Cowboys are uh, after this draft, and the Eagles are at this at this point after this draft. And you look on paper, the Eagles match up really good with the Cowboys, Jim. I'm not worried about. I'm worried about the Giants because if Saquon Barkley, <laughs> I'm more worried about I, the Giants. I love it. I love, Jim. I love you. I, you know, it's a shame we didn't run into each other at, at the draft. You know, I, I would have loved I love, to been because if the Giants can get healthy. Their upside is higher than the Eagles. Hold oh, no, no, on, Daniel Jones could play this year, right, without a contract. You know, he's not get that contract extension. They're not going to pick up that fifth year option. So that's you're you're going to have like a lame duck quarterback who realistically going to have to prove he's worth it, and there's no problem with that. There's no problem, and Barkley too. They're going to have to prove they're worth it. Wait, 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 wait. Jim. So who do you? Take over who Daniel Jones or Jalen Hurts if you had to pick I'm one. I'm taking Daniel Jones. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I'm telling you the truth. Uh, come on, and, and this is a guy who's won two Super Bowls. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> because of where the Giants finished at and the way the NFL is working there, the Giants have upside. They're going to get what? Uh, last place schedule, and that helps. And that'll help them be, and that's what I'm looking at. Where See, you're Cowboys beginning to sound. Like, I'm sorry, Jim. You're sounding like all the other Cowboys fans that I was dealing with at the draft. <laughs> that they, you know, it, I mean, it, realistically, I mean, no, I didn't say but, Eagles suck. <laughs> like they, no, nah, no. But, but realistically, out of out of everybody in the NFC East, uh, obviously the Eagles had a much better draft than ever. You know, the Giants did get a couple of good. Guys, Evan, in the first Evan round. Neal is going to help a lot on the giant offense. I agree. I agree. Their first two picks, their first two picks, they went with the talent as everybody in the media expected them to. You know, and that's, uh, I guess there's a lot to be said for that. Like, hey, these are the best guys on the board. We have all these holes. Uh, we don't need a quarterback. Obviously, there was nobody that really, I mean, they had the one quarterback taken in the first round. Uh, I mean, Mr. Irrelevant wound up being a quarterback. And actually, I thought that was a really good pick for them, um, for San Francisco to take a quarterback with, you know, pick 262. Um, that being said, I mean, the Eagles were far and away the, the team that came out better in the draft. Now, does that equate to games won? Absolutely not. We still got to play it on the field. Is but realistically, a steal packs a steal for the Eagles. Uh, say again, them getting the Kobe Dean in the third round, he fell a lot further than people thought. I so there were people upset that he wasn't chosen by the Eagles in the second round. Mm. So the fact that they were able to get him in the third round, I mean, you're taking a flyer on him. And the last time we tried to do that was a cornerback who had an ACL and he dropped uh, a good ways because he wound up getting an ACL tear in the bowl game. 
uh, and I forget the guy's name, but it takes a couple years to come back from that. And he wasn't as sharp that first year because once you get back, that first year is not the best, but you got to work through it. And now I think he's actually a productive cornerback, but he's with somebody else because. But he was like he was listed as first round talent that dropped to the late second round because the Eagles were in the playoffs and you know that's what happened. This is a similar situation. So is it going to work out? I hope so. Well, I mean Dean, he's got the intelligence. He's got the. What's What's different, Pags, is that Dean played with this injury his whole. I think it's been a couple of years. Uh, he's been playing with this injury and still got all those awards. So either he's really good at uh, handling pain and 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 still playing at the top of his game, or or you know it doesn't affect him as bad as we think. But at the NFL level, when he starts getting hit by them big tackles and big guards, he starts getting pounded a little bit by uh, those running backs that run so hard. Can he stand up? Will that injury affect him? Will 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 he have to get an operation? And that's what I would. The only thing I'd be worried about. Uh, with the Eagles, I mean, talent-wise, I mean, he's he's a he's a, he's a great player, right? You know, and that's again, it's it's part of what we have to deal with in the process of this. Like, I is if he's been used to playing with it, you got to kind of let him play with it. And is it as bad as they were talking about? I, I that's possible, but hey, guys, be with you in a second. Um, but sorry, I got some friends in town. Uh, but uh, realistically, I, I think that we got to see. We're going to have to see what's going on. I mean, he's as big as I am. Now, I'm six foot tall, 240 pounds. I'm not by small by any means. But when you're talking about a linebacker in the NFL, that is considered small. You know, so now you got the Eagles who. You got Jordan Mailata, who, if he was to get second level against him, he's 6'8", 365 pounds, you know, and is a freight train coming after you. Well, he's going to lose that battle every time. And if he's trying to outmuscle him, he's going to make that tear. So he's got to play smart, you know, and that's, that's going to be up to the coaches to be able to do that properly. Yeah. I mean, listen, all good news. All good news in the draft for you guys. And and as everybody knows that knows football, I mean, it's just paper right now. We can say this guy is great and this guy is great. It, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it, 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 that matters what happens on the field. Uh, we've known a lot of first, second, third round uh, picks that have just haven't make it. Even if they stick around for a couple of years, uh, they just don't make it in the NFL. It's a whole different story. So, And as you talked about chem, uh, team chemistry, very important in the NFL especially at that level. So let's the, one to thing that I, the one thing that I really liked, you know, Howie Roseman obviously gets a lot of credit, you know, has been very, we've all been very critical of him. And I've been a Howie supporter because I knew that when they lost Douglas, that for those first couple of years after Douglas was gone, they didn't have the right people in place. Now I feel like he does have the right people in place uh, and that he's able to work magic with the numbers and with making deals, and I mean, he put the he put the Titans to task. It looks like a steal when you're only getting a first and a third round pick for a player of Brown's caliber. But truth of the matter is, is that 
uh, you know, at that point, are they going to lose him because they're not going to be able to resign him because they can't afford him because they're paying Tannehill, you know, so much money and, uh, you know, they got so much money tied up in so many other places. You know, how he's able to get into your head and say, you got this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. Take what you can get now. And they boost it. Listen to facts like he's hanging out with Howie and talking with him. That's just great. He might be. Yeah, you might be. He might be. So, I mean, but but that's, I mean, you wonder how he's able to make these deals like this. You know, yeah, it's like it's very, it's very, it's very, it's very simple. A hundred million dollars. That's how he's able to make those deals. But but well, no, he made a hundred million dollars. That was that was the contingency. They had to re, they had to give him the extension. Never mind the first and third. I mean, you're talking about $100 million. That's the big thing. The Eagles are willing to give it a shot and pay that money. So let's be honest. I, I Let me tell you, they could have had a reunion with Deshaun Jackson for nothing. He's a free agent. He wants to latch on with another team again. Deshaun Jackson? He ain't, coming. he ain't coming back. That was tried again. That was tried again. <laughs> Twice. Twice. Uh, time. What the heck? Yeah, why not? Just, just do it, just for kicks. So let's get to the bad news. 76ers lose the MVP of the league, as far as I'm concerned, with his orbital injury to his eye, um, you know, a mild concussion. There's, of course, talk about why did Doc Rivers had him in at the end of the game. I think that's just Monday night quarterbacking. Um, you know, you, you want to win, and I don't care what the score is. Um he might be gone for the series, might not pags, but you know he's going to miss a few games. You feel the 76ers can still beat the Heat without Embiid? I think he misses one game. Uh, I think that first game is going to also be a telltale of the entire series. Embiid's going to be just another part into that. I think he misses specifically just one game. Uh, he's got to just clear concussion protocol. He's not going to be unless unless he gets his face bashed in. You know, he's not going. It's not going to get hurt anymore. He's going to have to wear the mask, and he's worn the mask before. So I, I feel that you know the thumb is probably more of a concern than the eye once he gets past concussion protocol. But realistically, he was playing with that thumb problem for two games before it came out. Because I watched him, I watched him the one game where he dunked the ball or he went up and, and he did something to his thumb and you could see him wince and he was playing with it some. And there was no report at all about what was going on with his thumb. And then they came, the next game happened and there still was no report. Then you hear it was a tear. You know, so he's been playing through some of that pain. And he's going to continue to play through some of this pain because he didn't win the MVP. And I think he knows that. And he's got this monster chip on his shoulder now saying, you know what? You didn't want to give me the MVP. I'm going to go show you guys. And I think that that part has a lot to do with why he's not, he's only going to miss one game. If he misses just, if he misses that game, he may be in if he gets cleared from, from concussion protocol. Well, I would imagine they're giving him some kind of shot to his thumb to dull the pain. It may affect his grip. You know, it doesn't look like it does. I mean, he's still playing at a very high level. So I would imagine, right. you know, just like just like in all sports, your, your knee's bothering you, you're something for the pain, you take that shot, and hopefully you play through it. But uh, as I said before, I feel that the, the key to this series is Matisse versus 
uh, Butler. That 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 whole defensive series, holding Butler to as little as possible. He's going to get his. He's he's you know Butler is a great player, and he's going to he's going to get his. But you got to force him to not play as well and get the rest of the team involved. If they if they have to use the rest of the team, I like the Sixers' chances. If Butler goes off, Sixers don't have a chance. Uh, I, I think that Miami has a great team, Pags. Butler's their star. Miami just has a great team. They have a great chemistry. They play defense. They're just a good team. Jim, I know you're a big Sixers fan. This is my this is my thought. I think that Maxie has to turn into Kobe Bryant almost for the 76ers to win this series. That's what I think. I think Maxie is a very talented young kid that can carry the, the, the 76ers when he needs to. And I think he's going to have to have a couple games look like almost Kobe Bryant for the 76ers to win the series. What do you think? I agree. I agree with you 100% because the one thing about when you think about the Heat, their balance and how they play, they're a balanced team. And you just don't defend Butler. You got to defend all those guys because you never know who's going to be hot that night. Well, and I agree with that. But I, I feel like Butler – Butler can't have an MVP series, and that's that's the one thing that I'm I'm biggest concerned of. I, obviously, the, the you don't win as many games as they have. You don't get the number one seed in the conference. You don't go to the finals two years ago without having a good team around you. One person can't do it. It can't be five versus one. You got to be able to play against the rest of the team as well. They they have very good perimeter defense when it comes to. Yeah, defending the three. Actually, they probably defend the three better than they do inside. I would like to see the, the Sixers play a little bit more bully ball and go into the paint because I feel that that would be, if they scored a lot of points in the paint, instead of taking those three-pointers all the time, They, I feel like you have to score three, you know, 15 threes a game or you could have a lot more inside the paint you know, because they don't have the size to be able to compete in the paint. Mm -hmm. So if you were to get those points in the paint or at least have, have somebody down there so you can get offensive rebounds, second chance points and paint points are going to be what's a really big deal for the Sixers. Uh, but I, like I said, I can't have, you can't have Butler have an MVP series or else the Sixers are going to get beat because if he's having an MVP series, everybody else is going to be playing well around him. The, the heat go as far as Butler takes them, but they all feed off of him. They feed off of his him doing well. And when he's not doing well, they tend to not do as well. And that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Obviously, like I said, they're a great team. And somebody can somebody can always pick it up. Maxie Maxie needs to have a good series, specifically when Embiid's out. But uh, is it is it up to him? I, I again I think it's more on the defensive side and holding Butler down as much as possible. Well, we'll see. You're pretty thin on the bench there, Pags. We'll see what happens. I mean, uh, at least the way it's rotated in and out, you guys don't play a lot of bench players. And, uh, you know, Miami's got, like I said, they got to go over with all team. They're going to come at you in waves. And I really think if, if you're going to have a chance that without Embiid or with him playing limited, Maxie's got to be unbelievable this series for you guys to win. And he can do it. I see him plus, do it. Plus, I think you're going to see a different bench usage. In this series, I think you'll see Cork Mosmore this series. I think that you, you'll see uh, Millsap 
used more this series, uh, especially if Embiid's out, you know, or he, he's limited in his time. You're going to – because Millsap actually had some success against the Heat. Quirkmaz uh, had some success about the Heat. And Quirkmaz is streaky. Quirkmaz has got muscle memory like nobody's business, and he remembers when he does well against the team. He also remembers when he struggles against the team. So he does well against the Heat. So some people just seem to have it and are killers to certain teams. Korkmaz is one of them. So I'd expect to see more minutes from Korkmaz. I mean, you haven't even really seen him at all last series. He wasn't. He never really came off the bench. I think that you're going to see him a tremendous amount more. I think you're going to see Paul Millsap more because he was successful. And I think they need to go bigger. I think that's, that's part of the thing. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw even Millsap in there with Embiid at certain points just to give the size advantage and to get the paint points like I'm talking about. I mean, I mean, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting series, but it sure hurts your chances of beating them without Embiid. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Pags, I'm going to let you go. I know you, got, I know you got some people waiting for you in that. Of course, the Phillies did beat the Mets 4-1 to last night. You are correct. And they're at 500 right now, which is where you want to be. You said come July. So um, we'll let you go. And uh, Pags, great job at the draft as always, my friend. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, you know, once I get done with my friends, I think I'm going to take a, you know, go to sleep for a few minutes. I mean, it's like, it's, it's been burning the candle at both ends. You know, next week. And Pags, next week when the Stanley cup playoffs begin, uh, why don't you give us a Philadelphia flyer update? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm really excited to do that and explain to you. Hey, listen, I, I I just want you Rangers to beat the Penguins. That's, you know, I, I'm never a Rangers fan, and I don't root for any any New York teams whatsoever. But I hate the Penguins just as much as I hate the Cowboys. Mm. So definitely I want the Rangers. Fly no away. one likes the Cowboys. So that's, <laughs> no one cares about yeah, the I know you were, And I know you were ducking me at the draft there, Jim. I was all around. I was all over that draft. And I didn't uh, see uh, you a second. I know you were there. ducking Oh, I thought you said you were coming. No, I wasn't there. Uh, so, that, I mean, I, they showed me. They showed me more than they did Mel, Mel Kuyper. I saw you, Dan. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you sure have a way of attracting a camera. Have a great day, my friend. Take care. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Jamie Pags, the Philly sports guy, every Friday and Sunday he joins us on the Mac and Jack Sports Show and here on the Mac jack jim this week in sports last break for the day me jack and jim got some talking to do about sports because there's a lot of things that we haven't covered yet haven't given our opinions on and our opinions are a lot better than our guests i should say that but they're they're, they're just as good so we'll be right back folks after these messages Jim's groaning. <laughs> I heard you want to be a Frito Bandido uh, like me. You do. Then you must sing the Bandido song. Let's sing together. You just follow the bouncing Frito on <laughs> Chip's bag. Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito Bandido. When you hear the word ass, you probably think of short expressions, puffing, or inhalers. Lots of things can trigger ass, but the fact is that... 
When you hear the word asthma, you probably think of shortness of breath, coughing, or inhalers. Lots of things can trigger asthma, but the fact is that asthma doesn't just attack, it can kill. But with proper medical management, asthma is controllable. If you experience shortness of breath, wheezing, tightness in your chest, or persistent nighttime coughing, you may have asthma. See your doctor and get the facts. You'll breathe easier. For more information, call 211 Info Line. A message from the Connecticut Department of Public Health, keeping Connecticut healthy. Here comes the king, here comes the big number one. But why the fear the king is second to none? Just say, but wiser, you've said it all. Here comes the king of this alone. Yes, let's hear the call. But why the fear's the one that's leading the rest? When you say, but and each foot makes it fear at its best. When you say, but what takes the value? So loud and clear. There's only one fun wiser fear when you say, but you've said it all. We all make choices. When it comes to alcohol, kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Bye-bye. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, Anne, have a seat for a second. Remind me about that party again. Alex is and adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. They want guidance and honest answers to their questions. And it makes a difference when the message is consistent and part of everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. I mean, you can see right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboy fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, Brooklyn. Hey, isn't he? everyone and welcome that commercial i love that playing that promo for you you know you know why i hate the cowboys and it has nothing to do with them being a bad team at all it has to do with them in the 70s just beating the snot out of the giants every time they played them they did. 
after we gave away our defensive coordinator to y'all, uh, you know, Tom Landry. <laughs> and I used to just sit there. And every time the Cowboys would come on, I'd sit there as a kid and I'd grab something and I knew I was going to punch it before the game was over. And <laughs> luckily it wasn't one of my family members, you know, so um, it was, it was, it was just, uh, it was just dreadful every time. So you don't like the Packers either because they took the offensive coordinator. Yes, they did. And, and, you know, uh, I read interesting articles about both those coaches, uh, Tom Landry and Vince Lombardi, and they were such innovators back in their time. Uh, what they did with the four three and the flex became the three four, the different coverages, the nickel and dime packages that Alice uh, gave to the NFL. Lamb uh, Lombardi with his zone blocking scheme run to daylight, which is known as zone blocking today, to block an area instead of a guy. I mean, these guys were so far ahead of their time. There's no wonder why they won so many divisions and championships. And when they played each other, finally, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys could have easily beat the Green Bay Packers in both those championships, uh, but they fell short. And yes. uh, that that haunted uh, Landry until he finally won his first Super Bowl, um, mm-hmm. losing to his old uh, offensive coordinator. But what two great coaches the Giants had on their staff at one time. Um, there's a lot of stories that I could talk forever about this, so I won't. Um, but um, incredible coaches uh, and, and just people that did things that, we still do today. They take credit for it when it's really not even there. They shouldn't be taking credit for it. They should exactly give credit right. to exactly. both of them. I, I mean, I put Tom Landry ahead of Bill Belichick as far as the greatest defensive coach of all time. And that's saying something because Bill Belichick wow, is, truly is one of the greatest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One of the greatest <laughs> defensive coordinators of all time. I just think Tom Landry was a little bit more innovative. Uh, I mean, that's a li- that is a little bit bold. Of- a little bit of a bold statement as great as Tom Landry yeah. was as a coach because Bill Belichick, consider what he did for the Giants as their defensive yeah. coordinator. They had yeah. some great teams, you know, yeah. the Giants there. Yeah, you know, yeah I agree. I mean, I, I'm, not players, taking, yeah. I'm, not taking, I'm not taking nothing away from Bill Belichick, a truly great defensive coordinator. I say he's second to Landry, but that's, you know, I'm just, I'm just talking about innovators and, and Landry. I mean, just in that alone, I – what about one of Jim's favorite coaches, Buddy Ryan? Yeah, he was okay. Yeah, but he was such a short-term coach, if you think about yeah. it. They won one Super Bowl with all that talent. And they talked about his defense. Yeah. It was 85. And, yes, they played well the other years, but they only won one Super Bowl. Yeah, that's yeah. what irks me about out. that Chicago Bad team. People ask me, what's the greatest single team you saw of all time? I say the Chicago Bears, but I might have to revise my opinion on that because they only won one Super Bowl. As great as they were, if you're really the greatest of all time, you win more than one Super Bowl. Yeah. And the well, Pittsburgh Steelers, I put the Pittsburgh Steelers above that. ahead. Way above it. I agree. I agree. I, I think there are a few defenses ahead of Chicago, but you can't deny that one year they had. I mean, they Oh, were, yeah. I agree with that. They were incredible, Jack. So I don't. I don't think you have to revise it. I, if you're going to say the greatest single season record, you you could say Chicago and be right. Well, look mm-hmm. about the defense the Ravens had when they shut down yeah. the Giants and yeah. the, the, the Giants year. couldn't do a thing with that defense. That's true. Yeah, I agree. That's I true. agree. I agree, man. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about the NBA playoffs, but not the regular stuff. I want to talk about a series that if LeBron James was a member of that team or 
our, our Kevin Durant was a member of that, of that team. It would have been one of the greatest playoff series ever. Everybody would have been talking about it. Everybody would have been like, that's the greatest playoff series LeBron ever played in or KD ever played in or whomever ever played in. And that's the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Yes, I, mean, I knew you were going to say that. that. That series, if you love basketball, period, was one of the greatest series I ever saw. I mean, the way those teams went at it, went ahead, came back, went ahead, and every game was tooth and nail. And I give a lot of credit to the Timberwolves. I mean, maybe any other team they would have beat. Um, I'll even throw in the Warriors here. We'll find out. Grizzlies are going to be tired playing the Warriors this first game, that's for sure. But, I mean, what a series, guys. Mm-hmm. Mac, it was very entertaining. I don't give a lot of credit to the Timberwolves. When you have a double-digit point lead going into the fourth period uh, three games for three games and lose three games with a double-digit point lead, I they kind of let it get away. But with that said, I keep an eye on the Timberwolves next year because they have a lot of upside, their team of the future. Yeah, and the thing about Memphis is you watch him. We all talk about John Moran. Obviously, he is a great player. But Memphis is another one that I talk about in Miami. They're a balanced team. Yeah, They have some players. They're not no-name players, but they have players that can play. And they play within their scheme. And they have fun playing, if you ever noticed that. Memphis plays a fun game to watch. Yeah. And when Morant's off, they're still they're still tough. Like you said, they were down double digits twice. They're the first team to do that, win double digits twice in a series. Well, three times, three yeah. three of the games, yeah. yeah. So, but even even it was, so, it was a great series to watch. I, I've I've seen that happen countless times in the NBA, Jack, where a team has a huge lead and the other team comes back. Uh, I I count on you know, uh, about 100 people's hands on their fingers and toes. That happens. That's not rare, uh, the coming back. Uh, from but in a, in a one in a series, that is yes. rare. Yeah, I this do agree with that. the first time it's happened. I do agree with that. And that just shows what kind of team the Grizzlies have right now. So I, I want to talk a little bit about their series coming up with the Warriors. The, this reminds me, Jack and, and Jim, of old school NBA, how champions became champions, right? You had a veteran team that was always around the championship. For instance, the Celtics, right? And then a young team comes up like the Pistons and then the Bulls who have to beat this team to become champions. And this kind of reminds me of that. The Grizzlies are very young, talented team. The Warriors, the veterans that have been there before countless times, (laughs) great players, I don't know if the Grizzlies can beat the Warriors or not. I think they'll give the Warriors a lot of trouble because they are aggressive and they run the floor. I think the Warriors, their experience will kind of edge out the Grizzlies. Maybe it don't even go six to seven games. Maybe it goes five or six. But I think the games will be competitive. And I think this is just a step for the Grizzlies this year. This is a step to them getting better. And if they can keep that team together, look out next year for them. And that's my thoughts. What do you guys think? Well, you know what I think – I look at both teams, and if the Grizzlies lose this series, they could walk away and say this is a highly successful season. They're playing with house money now. If the Warriors lose, the season is a major disappointment. I think there's a lot more at stake for the Warriors. They're the established team. They're expected to win. They have a realistic chance of winning the championship going into this year and the way the year played out. 
the Grizzlies have already exceeded expectations. So I think it kind of means a little more to the Warriors. But like Jim says, when a team is having a lot of fun playing, they actually become more dangerous when the game is fun to them. They're just going out there and letting it wing and having a good time, it seems. And uh, But you got to like the Warriors when all is said and done. Well, I mean, they have the Jay Morant outside of him, the Warriors do have the greater impact players. Well, here's what you didn't say, Jack. The Grizzlies were second in the conference over in the West. They were second, so this is not a shock. The Warriors, and, and that's without John ja Morant. John ja Morant was hurt for a, a significant part of the season. You got to remember that, and they still were successful. The next thing is to become the king, you have to dethrone the king. And in there, the obstacle they're facing is the Warriors. The Warriors are good, but so are the uh, Grizzlies. And actually, look at the season. Uh, the um, games they played this year, the Grizzlies have the advantage. And I know that Draymond Green was injured, but that's not going to be because he can only guard one player. And he can't guard everybody. And that's why I say that the Grizzlies have a great opportunity because they're balanced. Now, Steph Curry is, is rounding off back into shape, and he's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. But I would look at the Grizzlies as a team. And no, are they going to win the, the West? Probably not. The Suns are still probably the best in the West. But I bet you the Grizzlies give everything they have to the Warriors. The Warriors are going to be in a struggle this game. Yeah, and that's I, I, I agree with that, Jim. I just don't think the Warriors have that experience that the, the, the these guys have. I've seen, you know, again, you go back to what I was talking about. You mean the what Grizzlies, the Mac? Right, the Bulls. The Bulls when they came up and they had that exciting young team, and and you know they went up against the Pistons. The Pistons handled them like the first two years, but the third year was all over. It was the Bulls all the way. That's what kind of the Grizzlies remind me of. I'm not comparing anybody to Jordan and all that stuff. I'm just talking about team wise. And there's one thing that you didn't talk about as far as the Warriors went. That's Jordan, a good young player who stepped up and really had a good season this year. And I think he's going to play a big part against this young team too. So mm -hmm. I think overall, as Jack said, the, the Warriors have the proven stars, the proven vets, the proven impact players. Where the Grizzlies, okay, they're going to be playing, what, today, I think. They they just came off their series. The first game, if they beat the Warriors this first game, I may change my whole outlook on everything. The Warriors should beat the Grizzlies easily this game because the Grizzlies have got to be spent. They're young, but they got to be spent. The Warriors mm -hmm. have all the advantages tonight. If the if the Grizzlies beat the Warriors tonight, I will reevaluate my choice here. I'll tell you that because maybe this young team is for real. And if they beat the Warriors, to, to me, forget the Heat. They are the best. I mean, yeah, forget the forget um, the Suns. The the Warriors to me are the best team in the in the in the West right now. I mean, during the season, maybe not, but right now, I think the Warriors are the best team in the West. But you also got to remember. What you guys are saying about the Grizzlies is youth. Youth recovers faster yeah. than older players. Yeah. And they are a young team. So they're going to recover. And it wouldn't shock me if uh, the Grizzlies won tonight or today. It wouldn't well, shock me. I change my pick if because the Grizzlies they have won. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be like a six-game series. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be easy. You know what's interesting with 
the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul this year shown for the first time he can take over a game, not just play point guard, not just run the offense, but take over a game as a superstar, okay, type player. And uh, I'm impressed with what Chris Paul is doing this year. With, when Devin Booker was out, they needed Chris Paul to step up and be even more than he normally is, and he was, and, and just basically took over, you know, in the last series against the Pelicans. Yeah, he had a heck of a series, especially mm-hmm. that last game. He just Yeah, 14 to 14. Yeah, yeah, every shot. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So and it's going to be interesting. Right, the Grizz are playing nine players. That's a yeah. lot of players to play. It is. It is. They're, they're they got a heck of a bench rotation. They're just a fun team to watch. You're sort of yeah. To me, the other team like that, and they're a little bit older and a little bit more experienced, is the Bucks. The Bucks are always smiling. They're always with the fans. Yeah. It looks like they're just having a good time. And exactly. It's, crazy. it's crazy. Uh, I saw a clip before the game. They were fake wrestling like the players yeah. and like with the WWE. And you kind of like the enthusiasm. They were like little kids all happy with one another. But it shows me a certain team unity, all of them laughing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I kind of got a oh, kick yeah. out of that. They like being around each other. Right? Yeah. You look at it in other sports, teams that can do that and enjoy being around each other normally have some kind of success. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what's the biggest chemistry. I don't, you know, we can talk about talent all we want, but if that talent can't come together, it really don't matter. It's the chemistry. And that's, you know, that's what we were talking about with Mayfield yep. and Cleveland. Yep. Exactly. So that's, and could, and I, I think the Grizzlies have that. Yeah, with I do. Ba- with athletes being jealous of one another, Baker Mayfield having those commercials, okay, with the stadium. You think there would maybe be a little jealousy with certain players, like why Baker Mayfield with all the top guys in the NFL? Why are they giving it to him and he's making all this money and getting this and that? Do you think? I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. I it wouldn't shock me. So because if you have a dysfunctional locker room, Mm. then you're going to have issues like that. So so let's get back to basketball. Um, So you got the Celtics and the Bucks today. I mean, the Bucks, great team. Who's which one's out again? Is it Middleton's out? For Middleton is out. Yes. The series. That's a big blow to the Middleton's Bucks. Out. But you still have Holiday, right? It's and and the Bucks, the Bucks have a good, a good, good bench too. I mean, they got a good overall yep. team. Yeah, Celtics are playing out of their minds. Uh, they made New Jersey the the Nets at the end of each game look like a defeated uh, bunch of guys, and and they just overwhelm you with their defense and their. And their hustle and 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 the Bucks are gonna have to match that. The Bucks got Giannis, and as long as they got Giannis, I'm gonna take them to beat the Celtics. But my God, I would not be shocked if the Celtics beat them. But here's what people don't think about it. And the Celtics are playing really good defense, but they bullied the Nets. They big boy them. They're not gonna big boy the Bucks. They're not going to do it. It's just a, well, what do you mean by that? I mean, they pushed uh, the Nets around during um, Durant and Kyle, Kyrie. The one thing about Giannis, Giannis can pass, and Durant is just average passer. He's very average. And Kyrie, we talked about it. The Bucks will play as a team. They will be the more physical team than the Celtics. And how do you match up with Giannis? Who do they have? on the Celtics yeah. to match up. They don't have it. They're going to have to throw everybody at them, and it's not going to well, work. Well, they'll put a guy like Daniel Tyson on him. Come on. Are no, you serious? No, no, no. I know he's not the same caliber, 
but he's very physically tough. He's oh, going to bother Giannis. That doesn't, Giannis that doesn't bother Giannis. What? We've seen that. They, they've tried everything. Giannis yeah. is just a different Giannis also He might be the best player in the league. I you guys are dismissing Chris Middleton being out because he took some of the pressure off Giannis. Giannis is going to actually have to do a little more in Middleton's absence. Holiday will take off the pressure. Holiday is a really good player. And well, they got will handle the ball, but off the boards, rebounding underneath, that's where Giannis is going to feel. They have um, what's his Middleton's name? The, absence. Um, the um the kid that's does all the dirty work for Brooke um, Lopez. No, Brooke is a more of an outside shooter, but they have the other kid. He's uh something the second, and he does all that dirty work down there. Giannis really doesn't go in the middle anymore. He's well, doing know, all the dirty work. You know, the the, the thing that I think the Celtics are gonna do, Giannis is gonna get his 35 points and and 12 rebounds or what 15 rebounds, or whatever he gets. I think that. What where they're going to win the game is by if they do win the series is by taking care of everybody else and and you know taking it to them on the on the on the drives and the passing they do. I mean, Jim, I know you, you can't you got to admit, man, these guys look so good. Uh, yeah, against the Nets. This season. I mean, they're moving the ball around. They're finding I open guy. I mean, they're playing really good. It's going to be a great series, I think. Oh, I, I, really I think it's going to be a very good series, but I just think. The Giannis factor is, I mean, yeah, it's he's, huge. He's special. It's I got to ask you this. If we're discussing the best players in the NBA, Kevin Durant's name would probably come up in the top three. Uh, can we now say he's better than Jalen Brown? Did the Celtic Nets series change that, considering, you know, the Celtics swept in that team and Kevin Durant really didn't play that well? I mean, I mean, Durant's mm -hmm. what he is. Right, yeah, Durant, he is. Durant's what he is. He's a great scorer. He'll grab some rebounds, but he's he's a scorer. That's what Durant is. Durant can go to hoop. Yeah. He can pass. Uh, so Brown and Tatum, the best one-two punch in the listen, NBA now. Listen, Tatum is a monster. I don't know about Brown. Tatum is just a monster. That dude is just, I mean, I that guy, offensively, defensively, passing the ball, going to the hoop. That guy is what makes this. That's the, that is the power behind the Celtics. Well, and then I, you can't say that because Devin Booker and – um. Chris Paul are pretty darn good too. They are. They are. They are. Yeah. So so let, let let's get our thoughts on the draft here. Our our, our three teams. Um, you know, I, I kind of look at I kind of look at the Jets of having the best draft out of the Giants in Dallas. I mean, the Gi Giants had a good draft. I'm not sure about Dallas. Uh, we'll find out. You know, they could have they could like I said they could have picked up guys that I never heard of that become stars. That's what the NFL is is crazy about. But the Jets did something that I think even the Eagles didn't do this year. They came back and they went up and they grabbed people aggressively during the draft. I mean, they came up and they got Johnson. They come up and got their running back. They right. knew who they wanted, and they just went and got them. And mm -hmm. to me, that was probably the most impressive Jets draft I've ever seen in the last 10 years. Um but the Jets are in the, one of the toughest divisions in, in, in football. And does Jack, with your Jets, when do you think they really start competing with Buffalo and say Miami and maybe the Patriots? I mean, do they take a step over the Patriots this year? <clears throat> do do they take wow. a step? Wow. I mean, all the rookies would have to 
make an immediate impact and they'd have to mirror what they did in college for that to happen realistically. But it's time for the next step. They were 4-13 and 13 last year. Realistically, 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight. You know, I could see it being around. And that would be a good step forward. Don't misunderstand me. But you, sometimes we forget other teams made moves too to improve them, themselves. Even though the Buffalo Bills didn't have as high an impact draft, they made little moves. In the fifth round, they took a punter. I mean, no one ever thinks to draft a punter early, so they wait till late on. But these punters make a difference as far as field position goes. It might not seem like much, but you have a really good punt that might force a team to have to get an extra first down as, a, as opposed to a punter that's not as good. And I think the Jets, yeah, I think the Jets contend for playoff spot uh, this year. How about you? Question. How about you, Jim? What do you think about the Jets? I didn't say make, but contend. what do you think? What do you think about the Jets, real quick, Jim? Do you think real quick, they- I think the Jets and everything that uh, Jack has said is true on them. I think they got players that might can play, but they're going to compete for one. Will they get it? A lot of things are going to have to happen, but I think the Jets did an excellent job in the draft. Can they, make, can they make a step, Jim? One step, get over yes. one team this year. Yes, I think they'll make a step. Now, this doesn't bode well for some other teams, uh, New England, like we've been talking about. Yeah, it might not bode well for them. That's my thought. I think the Jets might be able to finish ahead of the Patriots this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So your team, Jim, the Dallas Cowboys, I know I know from what I've seen on social media that they're not really happy with some of the picks and, you know, and, and all this stuff. And, you know, I think the Dallas Cowboys are pretty much an established team. And that's that's the problem with the Cowboys. They're right there. You're not going to make huge major moves. Uh, Jerry Jones just doesn't do that. You're not going to make a – it's not Terrell Owens and all this stuff again. He just doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. He just yeah. keeps the team right on the bases, and a couple games go your way, and you're, you know, you may be in the Super Bowl. And that's how Jones, the Jones family, does it now. So, do the Cowboy fans just got to relax and, and, and let things play out? Well, here's the thing, too, you got to think about is – and this is what I was trying to tell Pags is – the teams, and this happened to the Cowboys last year, and it happened actually to the commanders. The schedule plays a lot in your success, and the Cowboys are going to have a more difficult schedule. With and they're going to they're going to need their, some of those guys to step up. Obviously, the uh, offensive guard, or he's going to be an offense. He's going to be a left guard, and uh, he's going to have to step up and play. As if he's had issues with holding. They're going to have to work on his uh, technique and everything, and I think that's going to be big. The second-round pick, Sam Williams, he's a pass rusher. They're going to use him in pass rush situations. He's probably not going to be able to play the run earlier, but if he can help them take a couple of plays off of Lawrence and some of the other guys, and then and that'll help him. But I think it's going to be more of a struggle. I really do think it's going to be more difficult if they're not disciplined because they're going to have younger players and they don't have the Amari Cooper kind of player. CeeDee Lamb's a great player, a good player, but is he a great player? It remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think Listen, Jerry Jones had tried to make a splash, guys. I'm a little He's surprised. not like that anymore. He's no, not, he isn't. He's not like that anymore. He he keeps status quo. He's going to keep the Dallas yep. at the point. But like Jim says, that hurts you in scheduling, though. Because if you're yep. going to for the first second every year, 
your schedule is going to be tougher than the bottom teams instead of doing exactly. a, a total rebuild. Now you're just there. And are you good enough to get to the Super Bowl? And that's the problem with the Cowboys right now. Exactly. Um, I, I mean, you picked, look, you picked up a running back, Jim. I mean, that that's, I think that was a wise move, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, I don't think Dallas had a bad draft. It's just a lot of people that we don't know. Uh, There's question marks on yeah, that. Certain players they I mean, yeah. it's you got a defensive tackle, you got a couple of linebackers, you got a cornerback from Fresno yeah. State. Yeah, you yeah. need a couple, you need some linebackers and cornerbacks, and maybe one of yes. these guys can step up and and and, and play uh and play a significant role. Now the linebacker they took from LSU probably is not gonna play this year because he has spinal fusion. Right. So that is a, a really a long term pick. Head scratcher? Huh? Is it a head scratcher, or do you think they should have won? Yeah, I, and they took him in the fifth round. I, yeah. I wish more teams would do that, okay? Take a chance on a guy who's eventually going to play for you. He can't play for you for part of the season or the whole next season, but eventually you get him for a very low draft choice, and you get yeah. they did that. Yeah. value. Yeah. Smith. Yeah, James yeah. Smith. You're right, yeah. you're right. So again, I think I think the Cowboys just maintain status quo, yes. and 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 hopefully, um, you know, they get them two games that they didn't get last year, and they have a little bit of a chance of getting into the Super you know, Bowl. You talk yeah. about schedule. I don't want to say it's overrated to say someone has a hard schedule, but the bottom line is the Cowboys have to play Washington twice, uh, the Giants twice, and the Eagles twice. That's six games, so that leaves 11 games elsewhere. That's my point. And they're going to have to play. I think they're playing the AFC South this year. And then they're going to play the tops in the other divisions in the NFC. So that's going to be a but little But how many teams are really bad? If I'm a team and I have the Lions on my schedule, that's not a gimme. I think the Lions are going to contend for a playoff position next year. Okay? I'm high on the Lions, actually. And that's not a gimme. You look at the schedule. So I, I, I think – I, Even the Jacksonville Jaguars have improved somewhat. They knocked in, in Indianapolis out of the playoffs last I, year. I think Dallas would rather play Detroit than Green Bay. Let's put it that way. I would agree. I would agree. I, I, that's I'm with you. Um, um, but, but, again, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with Dallas, the Jets, how fast they can climb. Is the big, you know, can they get by one team? And I think they have a chance this year. I really do. I don't know what to make of Miami. I really don't. New coach, new system, uh, a big explosive target. I don't know. They got question marks to me still. But I think the Patriots are still iffy. And even yeah. with all these draft picks uh, that they made this year, they're not going to impact right away. So I, agree. I think, Ava, I, Well, let's listen. The Dolphins have a new coach. I know they got Tyreek Hill, him and Jalen Waddle might be the quickest one-two punch amongst the wide receivers. So they have tremendous speed there. Tua, you have to figure, is going to improve somewhat. But they have a new coach. What about the Brian Flores effect, okay? The coach is a major difference maker for a team. And the Philadelphia Eagles had a new coach, and you see what happened with them. Yeah, the Giants had a new coach. Yeah, that's a coin flip. I think it it, it just you you just don't know until the season starts yeah. and practice don't go. The Giants had a couple of good first round picks. I thought so. If you go through if you go through their their draft uh, their draft uh, from four to seven, they picked up some good guys. I don't know. I really don't know them, so I can't comment on them. Um, but 
it seems to me that the Buffalo connection there with the GM and the head coach, yes. uh, that's a big thing for the Giants uh, if they're going to improve over the next couple of years where they're both kind of on the same page. So You know what's interesting, too, with the Giants taking Thibodeau? It shows their culture's changed a little bit. In the past, ownership would never go for them get, getting a player that flamboyant. They were more conservative. But now I think we've kind of entered a little bit of a new era with the Giants. You know, they understand that young people are a little, a little different. As long as the guy doesn't have a criminal record, he's not really a bad guy. And there's no evidence that Thibodeau's a bad guy. No, he's not a bad he's guy. A flamboyant guy. Right, none at all. So I see, willing I, to, but they're willing to go with a flamboyant guy. I, see, I, see, I seem to remember Giants picking a pretty flamboyant wide receiver with their first pick, Jack. So, you know, I don't know. What Who's that? About. Who's that? OBJ, maybe? Oh, but no, anyway. no, OBJ became flamboyant once he was uh, OBJ is the same he was in college, Jack. I watched him. <laughs> Please. So, anyway, anyway. Uh, I don't know about all that. You just got something against Thibodeau. And what's so. going on with OBJ, by the way? He's a free agent. You he said that um, uh, Debo Sanders, Samuels is going to the Patriots. Right. So there you Pointed go. So there you what go. can the Patriots give to get Debo Samuels? I have no idea. Well, I don't believe. I don't believe back. this. <laughs> I, I He's gone. Debo's going nowhere. He's going to be with the Niners next year. Well, it's possible. But folks, yeah. we got to cut. We got to cut bait and go. Uh, got some things to do. I want to thank uh, Jim Jeff, as always, coming in every Sunday with us to do this week in sports and our football show during the season. Uh, you can check him out Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. JB yes. Talk Shop with Byron Williams, a great football show. Jack, of course, will be on tomorrow night with uh, Glove Fist, the number one rated show on our YouTube channel right now. They're Ooh. doing an outstanding job, him and Frank Letirzo. There's not two people I know that know more than Jack and Frank about boxing. Very entertaining show. So, folks, have a great Sunday. We'll see you Thursday in the Mac and Jack Sports Show. And I hope you got the guys you wanted in your draft. Have a great one.